Man, there's not enough mom jokes, are there? There's a lot of dad jokes out there, but we need more mom jokes. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. Welcome, everybody. Happy Mother's Day. We're so glad that you're here today on this Mother's Day. And I'm welcoming my beautiful wife, Melissa, and the mother of our three kids who are home with my mom and dad watching them. So um, would you guys welcome Melissa to the stage? Thanks, guys. <laughs> okay. So I don't know if you guys know this, but we're giving away a $100 gift card to Hand and Stone. Did you guys know that? So, massage. Mm -hmm. You better take out your phone and do something. Yeah, do, right now. Go to risedenver.com slash mom. Seriously, if you're here right now, we're going to pick the winner at the end of this service. So whether you're online or in person, this is for any woman. Any woman can enter into this. So go to risedenver.com slash mom. Or if you're entering for a woman. Or entering That's for okay. a woman. <laughs> yeah, first service, I was joking with somebody in the front row. Their mom, their wife was like, come on. And they actually won in the first service. So... <laughs> You do it for somebody else. AriseDenver.com slash mom. Fill it out right now. We're going to pick the winner at the end of the service. So if you're watching this after the fact, too bad. You missed out. All right, so I got a question for you. If you had one day left to live, what would you do? One day left to live. This is a great question because if you think about it, you don't have much time. I think for me, I would want to go take our family and do something really fun, like go into the mountains, go on a hike, go to a lake maybe that we've never visited before, splash around, have fun, and then go to a restaurant and spend a ton of money, right? Because I'm not taking it with me, right? Let's just spend a ton of money, eat some really good food, and just have a blast together as a family. I think I'd probably pick something like that. Yeah, same. All right, I want to know what you guys would say, though. So turn to the person sitting next to you and tell them what you would do if you had one day left to live. Or leave a comment online. All right, I guess you, my guess is you guys probably said something kind of similar to us, like hang out with loved ones, bucket list item, eat some good food. But do you guys know, do you know what Jesus did on his last day on earth? What did he do? He washed a bunch of stinky man feet. <laughs> That's right. Jesus, knowing that he had one day left to live, he didn't try to knock, uh, check something off his bucket list or spend a ton of money. He washed his disciples' feet. And we're actually going to look at that passage from the scripture. So if you have a Bible, go ahead and open with us to John chapter 13. John chapter 13, we're going to start in verse 1. If you have a smartphone, you can find the Bible. You can use the YouVersion Bible app. And if you hit on the bottom right-hand corner, it says more. And you can find events. Search for Arise Church Denver. And you can find our event for this week. And you can take notes right there in the app. Um, and we're going to be in John chapter 13, starting in verse 1 together. So I'm going to read verse 1. It says, it was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. So Jesus knew it was his last few hours. It was his last day. And he's like going to be very deliberate, as all of us would do, but not to go have a ton of fun, but to wash his disciples' feet. In fact, that's what he does next. Look at verse 4 with me. It says, So he got up from the meal took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet. Jesus, with one day left to live, washed his disciples' feet. Raise your hand if you said you would wash someone's feet. Nobody? We, we had one in the back. Yeah. Oh, oh. awesome. Impressive. That's great. <laughs> you know, 
this kind of reminds me of changing diapers a little bit. And, you know, I've changed a lot of diapers in the last two years with twins. In fact, the other day when we were practicing this message, Kanan and Evie literally like both pooped at the same time and I had to get up and like change diapers. <clears throat> Side note, if anyone has any tips for potty training twins, see me afterwards. <laughs> it's a little bit harder. Sometimes, sometimes serving is, can be kind of a dirty job. Yeah, and I think changing diapers is a great analogy to what Jesus did because washing his disciples' feet was gross. I mean, for one, these are men's feet, okay? That's hard enough. But these guys would have worn sandals, no closed-toed shoes. They would have walked around in the Middle Eastern desert. And this takes place right after the triumphal entry, meaning they walked all day to get into Jerusalem behind a donkey. Okay, just imagine what's in those toenails, right? And Jesus decided to get down and wash their feet. That's crazy. So why did he do that? Well, Jesus actually tells his disciples, and in turn us, why he did this with his last day. Verse 12, it says that when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. So he said, hey, I'm the Lord. I'm the teacher. I'm the big guy. I'm, I'm in charge. I'm the leader. But in verse 14, he says, Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Yeah, and the interesting thing about this verse is that this is the only place in the whole Bible where Jesus himself says to follow my example. Yeah, and it's when he's washing feet. He, he wanted to show an example, not just with this one specific act of service, but with the idea of selfless service, that that is how we are supposed to do if we want to follow Jesus too. He's our master. we got to do it too. Um, but being selfless like that is, is pretty hard, isn't it? To just the thought of washing someone's feet, that, that's difficult. And it's even harder when it's like changing diapers because it's not just like a one-time thing. Some of you are like, just washing one set of feet, I could do that, or 12 set of feet, I could do that one time. But doing it again and again and again and again and again and again and again without any breaks and keep going, like what moms do, that's pretty hard, isn't it? Yeah, sometimes to continually put in so much without ever any breaks, it can get kind of tough. I always joke about the fact that we're going to have to repaint our dining room after the twins are a little bit older because they just like throw food everywhere. And then they get food on their hands and they smear it all over the walls. But you know, the fact of the matter is I didn't even realize how much of motherhood is just wiping the freaking dang floor all the time. And like, it's like three times a day at our house. And like by the third go around on my, on my hands and knees, I'm kind of like, I'm a little bit over it. You know, in verse 17, listen to what Jesus says is the reason for our service. Verse 17 says, now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Do you guys know what blessed means yet? All right, some of you have been listening. That's right, the word blessed oftentimes in Scripture means happy. And we can show you this in a Bible dictionary. If you look at it, it's the Greek word makarios, which means pertaining to being with the implication of enjoying favorable circumstances, i.e., that's right. Blessed here means happy. Jesus is saying, and you can see this in the common English Bible translation of it, it says, since you know these things, you will be happy if you do them. That's what Jesus is teaching. If you serve others like Jesus did, washing feet, being selfless, that's the way to happiness. 
Jesus teaches the same thing just a couple chapters later in John chapter 15. In John 15, verse 11, Jesus says, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. He's saying, if you love one another, you'll have joy. And what is joy? A lot of happiness, okay? The way to a lot of happiness is to love people as Jesus loved us, to serve people as Jesus served us. So here's our big idea today, guys. You ready for it? Helping others is the way to happiness. Helping others makes us happy. Helping others makes us happy. Very simple. Helping others makes us happy. And you know, studies are showing that what Jesus taught are true. Psychologist Bernard Rimland conducted a study where he asked the participants to write down 10 people they knew, and then next to each person, they were supposed to write whether the person was happy or unhappy, and then they, ha- they were supposed to go through that same list again and write down whether each person was selfless or selfish. And he discovered that every single person who was labeled happy was also labeled selfless. And so this is what he said. Those whose activities are devoted to bringing themselves happiness are far less likely to be happy than those whose efforts are devoted to making others happy. In a remarkable conclusion, he said, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Hmm. Sounds kind of familiar. Did Jesus say that? that Yeah, I think maybe he did. (laughs) Yeah, it's not every day that we see a direct quote from Jesus in a psychological study. Another uh, non-believing, uh, irreligious um, psychology professor, Sonia Lee Ubermirsky, who is Stanford-educated, a professor in California, she did, performed a study where she would have a, a group of people perform five acts of kindness in a day, and the other group would do none, the control group. And what she found out at the end of the day is the people who had performed five acts of kindness reported feeling much happier than the group who didn't perform the acts of kindness. And it wasn't just that day. They tracked those people for several days, and those people continued to report higher level of happiness when they did acts of kindness and service to other people. Yeah, Arthur Brooks is another researcher, and he discovered that our brains are actually wired to serve others. When we give charitable money or service, our brain releases several stress hormones which elevate our mood and can cause us to feel happy. Serving and giving help to others makes us happier, healthier, and more prosperous. And this is what he actually said. Uh, Research has proven that if you want to be happy, serve others. People who volunteer and give become happier as a result because the key to happiness is to labor for the happiness of others. I think it's pretty amazing that psychologists continue to find that their research backs up what the Bible has said all along. Yeah, maybe God knew what he was talking about. Mm Yeah. Helping others makes us happy. That's right. Okay. That sounds great theoretically. Like in concept, that's awesome. But the thought of actually having to serve other people, wash their feet, change their diapers, do all those acts of service, like sometimes that's the last thing that I want to do, right? It's the last thing we want to do. It sounds annoying, uh, terrible, awful. I want to do something else. I want to treat myself, whatever it is. And I think that's especially true for moms. Okay. Uh, we read um, from Hannah Carpenter, who's an author. She's a contributing writer to the website, Her View from Home. And she wrote this about being a mom. She said, let's be clear. I love my children. 
I love them more than life itself. I would die for them, but some days, some days I want to leave. I want to say see ya and go do something more exciting, more fulfilling. She continues, because let's be honest, motherhood is not glamorous. Days and weeks go by without an ounce of appreciation, without any special moments, without any it's all worth it epiphanies. She concludes, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm some sort of defective woman who is selfish and a fraud, or maybe, maybe a lot more women struggle with this, and we just feel too ashamed to talk about it. Is she defective? No, I think a lot of women and moms can relate, but I think just people in general who serve um, a lot, I think, can relate to that. At times, it can be overwhelming and draining. So what are we supposed to do? Because as a mom, we can't just say, I'm tired, or I'm sick, or I have to work. Yeah, with, with sick, I mean, when dad's sick, who takes care of him? Mom. When the kids are sick, who takes care of them? Mom. When mom's sick, she still takes care of herself, right? I mean, let's be honest, okay? Yeah, it's, it's got to be hard for moms, and it's hard for anybody serving. So what are we supposed to do? Well, I think the key is to keeping our eyes focused on the why, the bigger purpose to things. When we can see the why, it actually helps us in those moments when we want to do something different, when we don't want to serve. Um, I, I think a good analogy for that is like rationing during wartime, okay? Most of us haven't lived through a war. We, we don't have familiarity with it, but it's happening right now in Ukraine. And what you see is not only are the men going to serve on the front lines and fight in battles, but the women, the children at home, are doing their part in the war effort as well. They're serving, they're growing their own foods, they're rationing things, they're going out cr without creature comforts, they're having people that are refugees stay in their homes, and they're doing all these things knowing they're going without because they're serving the greater purpose of winning the war. And when you can see the bigger picture like that, it makes it so much easier to do those acts of service. Friedrich Nietzsche, the uh, philosopher, said that he who has a why to live for can bear almost any how. It's the why that keeps us going in those moments when we want to quit. We've got to keep our purpose in front of us. And guess what? That's exactly what Jesus himself did. Not only with his last few hours, he washed his disciples' feet, but he also went to the cross. And it says in Hebrews 12, too, that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He kept his eyes on that bigger picture. This is for the joy of all mankind. And for my joy, if I can save the world through dying on the cross and forgiving us of our sins. And he, he could endure all of that and serve us very selflessly because he kept his eyes on the bigger purpose of what was going on. Yeah. And as hard as motherhood or any service is that sometimes it's equally rewarding and good. My hardest days as a mom are still a thousand times better than before we had our kids. C.S. Lewis said, children are not a distraction for more important work. They are the most important work. One night after a pretty long day when the twins were about nine months old, I was on the phone with my sister-in-law, and I think she could kind of tell that I was in need of some encouragement and, and some reminding of my purpose and why. Um, and so she read a little excerpt from this book. It's called Every Moment Holy. And it's a really great book. It's just a collection of prayers and writings for just everyday life kind of things. And so the, the little prayer that she read to me was called A Liturgy for Changing Diapers. And I just want to read a portion of it. It's not the whole thing, but 
It says, Heavenly Father, in such menial moments as this, the changing of a diaper, I would remember this truth. My unseen labors are not lost. I am not just changing a diaper. By love and service, I am tending a budding heart. Open my eyes that I might see this act for what it is from the fixed vantage of eternity, O Lord. How the changing of a diaper might sit upstream of the changing of a heart. How the changing of a heart might sit upstream of the changing of the world. Amen. You know, every moment we spend with our children has such purpose. They need us to wipe their tears away, to give them comfort, to give them advice. I still ask my mom for advice, like, daily. <laughs> she, she is still in the trench with me. And, you know, one of the most important jobs that we have as moms, or really serving anybody, is to sh show people the love of Jesus and share the gospel with them. And even if it's never acknowledged, our sacrificial love for our kids or for people will get rooted down deep and grow into something beautiful, even world-changing. That's right. Changing a diaper could change the world. Okay, keep, keep that in mind. And here's the thing, everybody. Somebody changed your diaper. Okay, somebody changed your diaper. In fact, um, I admitted this. I confess it for first. I'm really embarrassed by this, but I didn't get potty trained until I was four years old. Oh, yeah, okay. My mom, Lisa, was here for service. Thank you again um, for being an incredible mom. But, man, that's a lot of diapers she changed, right? I'm very grateful, and I'm sure I didn't thank her at the time. Just 30 years late, right? Just 30 years late. But every single one of us had someone change our diapers, take care of us, whether it was a mom or a dad or a caregiver. Somebody loved us and was sacrificial as they served us. So we, too, must learn to serve others. Yeah, the other night I was w awakened by Evie's cries, and I looked over at Matt, and of course he was snoring. Um, so I went in there, and she just needed like a buddy or something, I don't know. But then Kanan sat up in his bed, and he said, Mommy, just a sweet little soft voice. And I went over there and kind of bent in, patted his tummy, and he was soaking wet, and his diaper had leaked. So I pulled him out of the bed and laid him on the changing table. And, you know, I wasn't thinking about how much sleep I was missing out on or that 5.30 was going to come early. I was just thinking about helping this sweet little dude who was shivering and cold and needed to get back in bed and have a good night's sleep. And, you know, sometimes serving is like that. It's rewarding and feels good in the moment, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's hard. And it helps me a lot to remember it in the moments when it's hard that I'm doing what Jesus said to do in that verse and I'm being obedient to him, and there's great reward in that. I was stopped by the thought the other day that Jesus would have had to bend low to wash his disciples' feet. Crouching down, knees crunching on the hard, hard floor, not unlike the posture that I'm in when I'm wiping the floor or cleaning toys up or changing a diaper or digging laundry out of the dryer. And Jesus' knees would have been grinding on the hard floor in the same way. And when I'm doing that stuff, I'm bent low in a humble posture of service. And if it was good enough for my Lord, then it's good enough for me. Helping others makes us happy. And men, kids, all of us, we've got to serve too, okay? P.J. O'Rourke, a writer, once said that everybody wants to save the world, but nobody wants to help mom with the dishes. Okay, right? So we all need to help mom with the dishes. We need to serve. And it's not just today on Mother's Day, but it's every day. 
realizing that we're all serving, that we're all helping, and it's part of the bigger picture that we all need to be a part of. And it makes us happy in turn. You know, I've counseled a lot of sufferers, people that have gone through some horrible, awful things, some, sometimes way harder than anything I've experienced. And often I ask them a question. If they're just kind of stuck in that misery and being unhappy, I'll ask them a tough question. I'll say, where are you serving? Where are you serving? And it's tough because a lot of them are like, uh, because they're focused on their own problems. And I get it. I mean, they're going through stuff way harder than what I've gone through. But when we actually help other people, it takes us out of our own mind and out of our own misery. Um, Arthur Brooks, who we mentioned earlier, that expert on happiness, said that selfless service is a wonderful antidote to the ills that flow from the worldwide epidemic of self-indulgence. The answer lies in helping to solve the problems of those around us rather than worrying about our own. And when we do that, when we're saying, okay, I will find a place to serve, even though I don't feel like it, I don't feel good, I'm not happy, but when we do it, it's amazing how much our demeanor, our feelings can change in that process. It might take a little while, but it's worth it. I think there's a lie that's pretty prominent in our culture that says the more you do for yourself, the better you'll be. The more you get, the more money you make, the more you buy for yourself. It's that whole like self-indulgence thing. But the truth is self, selfless service will ultimately leave you satisfied and happy, not self-indulgence. It's true. And that concept is actually at the heart of what we believe as followers of Jesus. It's at the heart of our gospel, the good news, that God loved us so much that even when we were not nice to him, and thanking him and following everything he said, he sent his own son, Jesus Christ, to love us, to serve us, to wash our feet. Jesus himself said the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus came to serve, and he did it even more incredibly by going on the cross and dying in our place for our sins. The heart of the gospel is selfless service. Yeah, and Jesus even washed Judas's feet. The, the ultimate betrayal was about to come, and he was serving Judas anyway. And, you know, I can guarantee you none of our kids are as bad as Judas, so. It's true. It's true. It's incredible. Jesus knew what was about to happen. He still washed Judas's feet. It's such a great example for all of us to follow because helping others makes us happy. So where are you serving? Okay. Where are you serving? Where are you helping others? Might be at home. Good, keep doing that. It's important, it's in incredible. It's maybe our most important work to serve at home, to help. So keep doing that, keep at it. Kids, men, help in the home, okay? Maybe you need to find a place to help outside the home though. Maybe you need to start serving or volunteering somewhere. You could serve somewhere at a Rise Church Denver too, right? Okay, maybe on Sundays or throughout the week. Maybe through us, we love sending people out to serve our local community. At Ashley Elementary down the street, we did a bunch of stuff this week to show the teachers that we appreciated them for a teacher appreciation week. Um, maybe it's with Denver Rescue Mission, serving a meal at the crossing. We do that three nights a month. Find a place that you can serve others, and you will be amazed to find out if you keep at it and if you keep doing it, that helping others makes us happy. And moms, keep doing what you do. Okay, we love you, moms. You are incredible. You serve all of us without the thanks you deserve. So thank you. Can we give a hand to all the, the moms, all the women in our church? We appreciate you all so much. And, and in fact, because of that, we want to say a special prayer of blessing for the women in our church. So if you're a woman here today, and even if you're online, we want you to stand up. We want you to stand up for a moment 
so we can pray over you a special prayer blessing. So women, please stand up. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for all the women here. Thank you, God, for their heart, for the ways that they serve, for the ways that they help others and, and, and their children and others' children. And Lord God, right now, I just pray that you would fill all these women up with peace and joy, that you would give them the tenacity that they need to keep serving in the, all the ways that they are. God, I just pray that you would fill their homes with peace. I pray, God, that you would bless their families. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would help us to all know just how to share the gospel, to share your love, God, with our kids, with other people's kids, and with all the people that we serve. God, and I just pray for the salvation of each kid that's represented here today. God, work in their hearts. Help them to know you. Lord Jesus, I, I pray for your favor and blessing on all of these families, that they would feel your presence with them and be comforted by you in, in the hard moments and in the good.